What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. It is episode 154, and the NFL is officially here. We've done a lot of preseason stuff, including ranking all the players and getting hyped up with our hot takes and everything like that. And it's officially time to put those takes and put those predictions to the test with the season coming up. Brooklyn, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm recovering from this week one, bro. Yes. It was a lot of fun, bro. I'd... <laughs> It's been such a long wait, it feels like. Yeah, it, it really has. And I mean, there's nothing longer than the wait to get the NFL season started. And I mentioned yeah. this, we were talking last night. I was like, dude, it's crazy because imagine you wait nine months just to start 0-1. And, and I mean, I'm not going to count you in that because you're wearing a Buck shirt today. So I could not be us. I bought Bucks and Chiefs. Yeah, we'll Bucks double down. The two, two winners. Yeah, two winners. Two, two winners. <laughs> And uh, speaking of winners, that's pretty much how we're going to go about this. We're going to go through our winners and losers for week one. I feel like typically in the week one, there's always a lot more winners and losers than in typical weeks. Because I have a lot of winners and I have a lot of losers. I don't know about you. Um, they We typically have some that overlap. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that. And, I, you know, just excited for football. It was a really, really good weekend. Like the first, like the one o'clock window of games. They didn't look great, and then the way they ended was like in insanity. Uh, missed did kicks you do everywhere. Any, did you do anything yesterday? I mean, I was hanging out with our boy Johnny. That you you came by after uh, for the for the mid games, so we actually got to watch those together, which was nice. Uh, they did not show the Vikings much, which was sad, but it was all good. Um, and then I watched most of the early games on my own, just at the, at the at the crib. I tried my best not to watch that Bucks game last night. That was horrible. <laughs> it was not that was, fun. That was. That, it was that not was, fun. That was rough. <laughs> yeah. But um, we're going to start with you, and I want you to give me a winner or a loser. Week one, NFL, the season just started. Who is one of your winners or losers? Uh, I'm going to go with a winner off okay. rip. I like and that. And shout out to the St. Brown family. Yeah. I'm on Ross St. Brown and bear with me. Equinemius St. Brown. I think you said that right. Shout out. But big shout out to the fam. They both score a touchdown week one, two minutes and 14 seconds apart from each other. Yeah, one for cool. the Lions, one for the Bears. That's just such a cool thing. You got two brothers being able to just make something happen right right there. I know there. the fam back at home got the red zone on, see both of them on the TV. Yeah. They were going crazy. They got so, the split jerseys. Got to put them for the winners. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm on Raw. We cool, saw at the man. end of last year was fantastic and Clearly, he's looking to be pretty good again this season. Um, yeah, that's definitely a really good winner. I'm going to go my winner. is kind of in the same realm, actually. My first winner is going to be elite high-end wide receiver ones are a gigantic winner from this week. And, I mean, it, it's kind of easy to just, like, look at, right? I mean, the guys who you think of as the top-tier wide receivers in the league, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey – all popped off. I mean, those are like the guys you look at. And then um, an up-and-comer is A.J. Brown, who's actually second this week in rushing with the new offense. I know a lot of people were worried about how that was going to look in Philly because, you know, you have Devontae Smith there, who didn't get a single reception, by the way. Kind of embarrassing. Um, I mean, Justin Jefferson, 184 yards and two touchdowns Sheesh. in the first game against a really, really, really good Packers secondary. Like, that can't be overstated. That's one of the best secondaries in football. And he cooked them. Absolutely cooked them. And if this was a closer game, he would probably have 250. But it didn't need more yards, so it didn't wind up happening. 
And all, the, I mean, literally all those guys are just dogs. Devon Diggs had 122 on opening night, and he was absolutely cooking Jalen Ramsey. I mean, if you're a tight, high-end wide receiver, you looked really good. That's just kind of how that went. Those are my winners. I like those guys. Shout out. Shout out to the boys. Shout out to Devontae. He, he gets to where he wants to in Oakland and balls out 141. We love that. Yeah. It's very cool. We love to see it. I'm going to give you another winner. Okay. There is a little bit of worries about Tariq Hill leaving, what's going to happen with Mahomes, who he's going to throw to. Well, ain't no problem. Mahomes gets five touchdowns. So he's a winner just off of that. And the Chiefs, maybe they don't got nothing to worry about. But as I'm looking at the stats and stuff, I come across something. Okay. And it says Mahomes has the most touchdowns without an interception in week one with 18. In his five games that he started week one games, he has at least three passing touchdowns with no interceptions. Ties Peyton Manning and Tom Brady for the most since 1950. And then a little bit extra on top of that. Brady did played 19 week one games started. Manning had 17. Mahomes only five. He's five for five. There's only one other player to even have like, close to that number and it's 15 and that's drew Brees. so just a ridiculous stat line that i came across huh. would would mahomes just being a just absolute elite monster yeah. in week one so don't cool. put your he, money he on starts, anybody else but mahomes week one he starts <laughs> the year hot okay noted <laughs> noted um i think it was kind of cool to see mahomes just come in and there was a lot of talk this offseason about the chiefs not being as good uh, mm-hmm. I, I fell victim to that a little bit. I, I know they lost a lot of guys on the edge. Um, that was my main concern. Like, they lost a lot of players defensively. And I forgot that a majority of this, like, mini Chiefs dynasty, you know, air quotes dynasty, they've only won one Super Bowl. But they've not even had the best defense, like, around. Like, their defense has been, like, middling most of the time yeah. with, like, some explosive players. But it's a middling defense. And they've still been elite. And guess what? They still have a middling defense, and they're still elite because they have the best quarterback in the game. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, my winner, and this is a shocking winner. I genuinely was really low on this guy, and it was never for a lack of talent or anything like that. I just it, it hasn't worked. He hasn't stayed healthy and all that good stuff. Saquon Barkley. This is the biggest winner individual of this week. Saquon coming into this year. I think it's year four for him, and he's kind of had a lot of injuries, and when he's been healthy the last couple of years, he hasn't been great. He's been okay, but when they drafted him, this was supposed to be like a Jonathan Taylor kind of turned into, or Christian McCaffrey, like that high-end kind of a guy that can carry an offense, and last night, he had 164 yards against a defense last year that was the best against the run. The Titans were the best defensive team against the run. They allowed the least amount of rushing guards per game last year. He put up 164 in a stinker of a game. Ryan Tannehill's cooked. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the Giants get a win. They're over 500. I think Giants fans are ecstatic. I don't... This is the first time I think the Giants have won week one where I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. So shout out to them for like maybe being realistic for once. But shout out to Saquon for hopefully starting this comeback and the Dable era is going strong for him. And hopefully he's unlocked by that. 
Shout out Saquon. Shout out Saquon. It's funny that you uh, mentioned Dable and the boys because that was actually one of my winners. Yeah. Dable and the Giants because watching the game, it didn't feel like we were watching a giant game. Like they were, they were making moves. They seemed like a competent football team with like yeah. a, a coach yeah. that knows what's going on. Yeah. And that's really exciting being a team that just has had some nonsense happen to them with coaches and everything. Just not being good. So yeah. the fact that Dable comes in, I know it's only week one, but it's a really good note to write off uh, into the season with, especially taking down the Titans. Yeah. So. But since uh, you took my winner, I'm going to go ahead and uh, hop on the losers. Okay. About time. It's about time. NFL kickers. Oof. <laughs> Oof. They missed 15 kicks yesterday, including the Titans kicker. Which that, could have won um, the game at the end. Yeah. yeah, Randy Bullock just lost in the game. We had OT kicks that were just going back and forth. We had game winners getting blocked. Just We had safeties kicking the ball because the, the OG kicker just gets hurt. And it was just not a fun time to be an NFL kicker yesterday because, man, was it bad. Yeah. 15 missed kicks. There's there was 14 games going on, I think. 15 missed kicks. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And yikes. Yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. It was really bad. Um especially like week one. Like you're yeah. not tired yet. Like if there's any position in the league that shouldn't come out rusty, it's the kickers, because like you have a fresh leg. You got a fresh leg, and it's not like it's you got a game plan for defenses no. or offenses and scheme and stuff. There's no planning. You literally can practice the one thing that you got to do every day if you want to. As yeah. many times as you want, and it will never change. And you know what's the real issue with the, the kickers this week? There were so many game winners that were missed. Yeah. Like you said, the overtimes. And, and, several missed an overtime. The Titans missed a game winner. Uh, I mean... The Browns hit their game winner. Shout out to the rookie. They tweeted like, "That's why you draft a kicker." They draft. They were the only team to draft a kicker this year. He had a game winner. He actually had a really good game. So shout out to him. Young uh, Hoku got his kick blocked, but I mean that that was like a sixty something yard. Yeah, so. that that in theory. I'm not, not going to count that, there. but if he got it up in the air, who knows? It was a game winner opportunity, but he missed it. He did miss it. He missed it. So there's a lot of game winners that were missed. And that sucks. Um, kickers, do better. That's it. That's a tweet. Do better. I will say, too, a What's piggyback up? off that, a winner is the Vikings not being victim to the kickers being terrible in a week. There's a week where kickers are horrible and the Vikings are not victim. Look at God. <laughs> um, a loser, though. I have a really big loser. Okay. You remember the episode of SpongeBob where it's just like, no, I'm the biggest loser on the beach. You remember that? Yeah, Carson Wentz, you're the biggest loser on the beach. <laughs> Carson Wentz has endured a lot of slander during his career, right? He had an MVP caliber season. He gets a little bit hurt, so he doesn't wind up winning it. They win a Super Bowl without him. One, cool, you got a ring. That's awesome. It's kind of embarrassing. You have an MVP season and they win it without you. That's kind of embarrassing. That means you just yeah. weren't that important. Um, then he winds up going to the Colts last year and single-handedly throws their season. 
I watched it happen. He threw their season. It was embarrassing. And then he gets traded after one season because they're like, you know what? That was so embarrassing that we're going to send you out to a team that was racist three years ago. And now they're the commanders. Shout out to the commanders. Jerseys look great. Um, and they win this game. So how much of a loser can you be when you win your game? But he, he no, he is. Uh, Carson Wentz looked absolutely horrible. Just horrible. He made so many piss poor throws that you've seen him make every single year. The classic Carson Wentz interception is he gets pressure in the pocket. It collapses on him. He doesn't step up into the pocket and he tries to throw like a check down to a wide receiver or a running back. And it's not a running back. It's the defender. It's the D line. <laughs> and it's a pick. He does it like five <laughs> times a year. And he did it in the third quarter. Like he didn't even wait a full game. And um, I know one of my buddies, shout out Will, uh, he saw like that pick and then there was one other and he was like, I thought I was at least going to be able to stand like the Carson Wentz era for a couple of weeks. And he's like, week one, I want him gone. And yeah, I mean, he sucks. He's genuinely a bad quarterback. It's, I'm, He's a nice guy, though. You're a great dude. It's almost like we didn't care that he went to Washington. But when it happened, we were like... Cool statistically and on paper, like maybe it could be a cool thing, but we know, we like know. you could dress the the ugly horse all you want, but yeah, that, that boy gonna be, yeah, he not gonna get it done. No, and, and like this is the ultimate tell, right? Like if you're not paying attention, he had th- he had over 300 yards. He was like 60, was it 66 percent throwing? That's pretty good on paper, right? He had a 46 QBR. That's terrible. <laughs> that is. That stinks. That's not good. So there's my slander tour. I'm going to be continuing my Carson Wentz slander all season. I'm here for it. This is week one. <laughs> I got to pick somebody early, and it's him. This is true. Uh, loser. The AFC South. Yes. We had one game, the Jaguars. They end up playing the Commanders. They lose. They blew that game, too. They should have won it. They, they blew it. Very tough. Titans. They play the, the Giants. They have a chance to win it. They also blow the game. Nope. They lose. The, the Texans and Ugh. the Colts. The worst game in the world. They, they the play each other. The they yeah. play each other. So we only had three games of, like, AFC Matchups, possibilities. Yeah. Uh, They tie. So nobody in the AFC South got a win in week one. And two of them played each other. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not being a loser as a collective know, I, group, I, I, don't I don't know what, what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we almost had two ties in week one. We had to get a game winner for a buzzer beater with no time on the clock to... To not get two ties. Are yeah. you kidding me? Shout out Pittsburgh. Shout out Pittsburgh, man. Yeah. Joe Burrow also looked terrible in the first half. Four turnovers. So complimentary loser right there. Yeah, I, I was thinking about doing Joe as a loser, but I kind of like came back to my rational brain where it's like, yeah, they turned the ball over six times, but they still should have won the game. Like they literally and, still and should have won the game. Like, so I'm not going to call them a loser for it because no. 
if anything, it's an indictment on the Pittsburgh offense more than it is on anything in that game. Pittsburgh literally should have won this game by like 48 points, but Mitch Trubisky stinks. And he's not a loser either because they won the game. So whatever. Um, and we knew he was going to be bad. Like at least Carson, there was like a slight bit of hope. <laughs> there was like, oh, well, he was statistic. No, no Mitch Trubisky stinks. We know this. Um, my loser, though, I'm going to piggyback off your divisional loser, the <laughs> NFC West. Okay. The NFC West was the best division of football last year. It wasn't particularly close. They had the Super Bowl champion. The Cardinals were 9-0. and the, the 49ers were a dropped interception away from going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then the Seahawks had Russell Wilson, and that was cool. Um, he, he's the best quarterback in that division, so that was cool. Um, but you go from all that good to... The Cardinals get blown out by the Chiefs, who people thought the Chiefs were going to be worse. Clearly, the Chiefs are not worse. The Chiefs might be better offensively than they were last year. And they look terrible at home. Scary. The Rams get blown out on opening day. Matthew Stafford looked confused. There's people calling him racist because he won't throw the ball to Allen Robinson. (laughs) And they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Like, Josh Allen just ripped through them. Also, Jalen Ramsey... Had the war like a literal perfect QBR. He let up. He was targeted six times, let up five catches for three touchdowns, like one fifty four. He gave up a perfect QBR. Uh, that's not that's not a DB one. I'll just say that right now. It's not a DB one. Cooked barbecue chicken. Then the San Francisco 49ers go into Chicago, and granted, it was a slip and slide out there, right? It was they were literally playing at like. You know, Islands of Adventure over here in Tampa where it's just wet. Or Adventure. It's Adventure Island. Sorry. Adventure Island where it's just wet everywhere. They're slipping and sliding. There's a video of a guy eating popcorn. It's dumping on him. He dumps it out. (laughs) This is pretty good. Um, Trey Lance looked horrible. He didn't know what he was doing. He looked lost. They couldn't keep pressure off of him, which is scary because the 49ers have a great O-line. George Kittle is one of the best blocking tight ends. I know he didn't play today. So I guess he's that important that, like, once he's not there, they forget how to block, which, I mean, again, fair enough. He might be the best blocker on that team. Um, And the Bears have three legitimately good players. Three. On the whole roster. The entire roster. And they lost to the Bears. They gave up 19 and lost. They only scored 10 points. And now the Seahawks are going to get embarrassed on national TV tonight. Because they're playing Russell Wilson. He's going to go Broncos country. Let's ride. Cortland Sutton's going to go for 122. Jerry Judy's going to have two tutties. <sighs> and no, they're, they're going to be a division without a win. Because they all stink. Yeah. At least early on. They don't all stink. I do that, think the 49ers are wanted. fine. <laughs> I do I think the Rams them. are fine. But. Yeah, the Rams in Arizona. Like, I'm, I'm sure of they get it together same thing with the 49ers like i think they'll get it together but if there's anything that's really concerning it's losing to the bears when if you saw any like things coming into this game it was like hey trey lance is new and it's gonna take some adjustment but he's playing the bears like that was the narrative so it's like he has a gimme game to get into it and um i can't imagine him playing against a a team with a good d-line oh no (laughs) oh no Oh man, I got uh, I got one more loser for you. 
Okay. The Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott's ligaments yeah. and bones. Yeah, it's, Dak Prescott it's is so glass bones, unfortunate. And I feel so bad for him. I, I really want to see Dak on the field because nobody ever wants to see players get hurt. But that being said, Cowboys, every year the Cowboy fans are contenders in their mind. In and their I mind. mean, in theory, they, they could be. It could be. It's done. But the fact Cooked. you got the whole offseason, you guys put up three against the Bucks on prime time. If you put up three in the early window, cool. It's fine. Prime time. You're the Cowboys. You got Jerry Jones sitting up in the box. At home. At home. What, 80,000? Something like that? 60,000? You guys got a big stadium. A lot of fans. A lot of hopeless fans waiting for mediocrity to happen throughout the season. And they get it week one. You ain't even try to trick them. No. And then to make it even worse, Dak goes down and now you lose him for what is it? Six to eight weeks. And just like, bro, you lose him for the whole season two years ago. You get him back. He plays great. And now just swept off your field again. And it's like, that's really tough. And you guys are losers, unfortunately. Hate to see it. It's it's really tough too, and I mean nothing went right for them in this game. Zeke wasn't that no. good. I mean he got five a touch, but they only gave it to him ten times. Again, that gets hurt. They scored three points. They scored in the opening drive and went the rest of the game without scoring at home. And this was the bit I was saying it all night. I said, imagine waiting nine months for a team you're really excited about that you assume, or at least. In the conversation for contenders, I don't think they were ever like upper echelon of that, but they're in the conversation and they got worse. They did get worse, but you come into the season, you're excited. It's opening week, Sunday night football at home, a revenge game because opening week last week was an amazing game with these two squads and you get embarrassed to, for lack of a better word, Tom Brady didn't look that great. The only guy on the bucks that looked really good offensively was, uh, Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette, and they put a whooping on you. So yeah, Cowboys, you're a loser. Sorry. Godwin goes down, which is really tough for the Bucks. Hopefully, that's not too serious. Yeah, I feel like we say that all the time too. Another injury prone dude. Super yeah. unlucky. Super unlucky. Um, another loser is Baker Mayfield. Another revenge game. He looked pretty darn terrible. Um, when the game was close. He looked horrible. When the game was not close and there was like a two-score disparity, he looked a lot better. Who does that remind you of in seasons past? Like Baker Mayfield or like Kirk Cousins. Like guys like that who like kind of get the stats up when it doesn't matter. That's what Baker did last night. I don't really know if it's more of an indictment of him or just the Panthers as an organization. I think their head coach stinks. I think they don't really have a good direction. Uh, And the Browns with Jacoby Brissett, who even got hurt at some point in this game, looked well in control for a majority of it, and he didn't get his revenge. And that's kind of loser written all over it. This game was destined for Baker to go off and beat his old team, and he failed. That Yeah, he could have wrote, like, all the wrongs, just changed whatever narrative he wanted. Yeah. Literally, just any narrative. Walk, walk away with your head high. You don't, you don't got to do nothing. But now, you don't do it. So now the questions are still there. Were yeah. you the problem? Were you the issues? It's the, am I the drama? 
No, so. it's the Browns still, but you were part of it. No. You were part of it. Um, I have another winner, and I think this is a pretty cool winner, too. Um, second half, Jameis looked amazing, but mostly Michael Thomas. Yeah. Michael Thomas, once they got the, the, the air game running, I mean, he had two touchdowns. And both of those catches were, like, high-difficulty catches. They were, like, Michael Thomas, can't-guard-Mike type catches. They were, they were sick. So, uh, you know, welcome back to Mike. He, he looked really good. And if you forgot about him, which I don't blame you, it's been almost two years since we've seen him play, um, this guy's legit, and he's one of the best receivers in the league. So, welcome back, Mike. I'm happy for you. Wish you weren't on the Saints, but welcome back. <laughs> you know. Yeah, the, the first half had me worried. I was like, damn, this this is the Saints that we're going to get? Yeah. Like, I, I don't want this. Yeah, I, I want the Saints to be If you guys like, were watching this game, too, the Falcons didn't want to win. Like, they were trying to lose. No. So. And, and they tried enough to where they let the field goal get blocked to win it. So. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Tough. Got any other winners? Um, or am I going off? I got a couple. Shout out. I mentioned him a little bit before, but shout out to Rekill in Miami. You got um, Tua throwing him some nice balls that he went up, just snagged, stole yeah. a pick away from somebody. Yeah. He was looking good out there. And, I mean, the the Dolphins all together, they were looking great. But you got Mac Jones on the other side. So how impressive is it? I don't know. We'll see. But it's something to watch out for as the weeks unfold. But. The Patriots look like they're uh, going to be bottom of the barrel. Yeah, the that's that's <laughs> maybe AFC the East. biggest team loser this week is the Patriots. The Patriots offense yeah. is going to be the worst in football, and that's including the Bears. Like they will be the worst offense in football. Uh, they they just look lost out there, man. Yeah, like really bad. Um, I got another winner, and it's some of the new head coaches, right? Again, we mentioned the Saints, brand new head coach. They get in there, get a really gritty um, second-half adjustment-based win, and that's a big deal. And, and yeah. you know, there's something to be said about starting off a new coach's era on the right foot, right? Nobody Absolutely. wants to have a brand-new head coach. They come in, they get blown out the gym. And I know a lot of times when you get a new head coach, the teams are bad. That's typically how it goes. Um, but starting off a new era with a win is such a big deal. So the, the Saints do it. The Vikings come out. They have a whole new regime. Like, everybody is brand new. They looked fantastic yesterday. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the Vikings because, obviously, it's the homer pick. But, like, they looked incredible yesterday. They really did. Um, yeah. Shout out to those two teams in particular. Absolutely. There's a lot of new coaches around the league, too. A lot of them. I think um, all but two had a win yesterday. Again, crazy stuff. Yeah. Very, very cool to see, like, when the new guys get their shine. Yeah, the Dolphins, uh, Mike McDaniels, I think, I'm pretty sure that's his name. He got the dub. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is even, like, a new head coach. Uh, Dable, obviously. Uh, and the cool one about the Dable win with the Giants he decided, I want this win. And they ha they got the game-tying touchdown. Yeah. And all they had to do is kick an extra point to tie it. He went for two. They got it. And they won by one. And that was sick. That was that was cool. He was like, I want this win. And they went and got it. 
then he was hitting the gritty and all that in the locker room, which was cool. <laughs> yeah. The post, to see the locker room dances are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tomlin was doing the the AB. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the AB. Ugh. Man, that's one of the winners though. That Steelers defense is legit. Yeah. And then it's also simultaneously a loser because TJ Watt, who was a wrecking ball in that game, like holy hell, did he destroy the Bengals? Uh, tears his pack, and so we don't know how long he's going to be out, but he's going to be out for a while. And that sucks because he's really, really good. He's yeah. really, really good. Um, but uh, I think that's all we got for winners and losers. I don't know if you have any more. I think that's about it for me. Yeah, that's about it. Cool, because that's perfect. Because since we don't have anything else for you, we got a guy that you guys have seen recently, but not in this setting. Gerard over in the fantasy corner to let you know who did the best in fantasy this week and who to look forward to next week. Sitter star Gerard, take it away, brother. What's up, spectators? It's your boy, G-Man. We're back again with Fantasy Corner. This year, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to be talking about the top three quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers from the previous week. And I'm going to give you guys my list of people that you should be putting in your starting lineup, and as well as some waiver ads for this week that you should be looking forward to, depending on how deep your league goes. Promised land, baby. Let's go get it. QB1 this week was Patrick Mahomes. He went for 360 yards, five touchdowns for 33.9 fantasy points. Quarterback number two is none other than your boy Josh Allen. 297 yards, three touchdowns, one on the ground for a total of 33.5 fantasy points. Running back one this week was Saquon Barkley. He had 194 total yards of offense and a touchdown, 32.4 fantasy points. Running back number two is none other than Jonathan Taylor, who was last year's running back one. 161 yards and a touchdown for him as well, uh, bringing his total to 27.5 fantasy points. DeAndre Swift is your running back three. He had 170 total yards of offense and a touchdown, bringing his fantasy total to 26.5 points. Wide receiver one, it was a massacre by Justin Jefferson and the Vikings. Um, 184 yards, two touchdowns on nine receptions for a total of 39.4 fantasy points. Cooper Cup is wide receiver two, no surprise there. Um, he had 128 yards, a touchdown off 13 catches for 31.8 fantasy points. Adams is your wide receiver three. Devontae Adams had 10 catches for 141 yards and a touchdown and a loss to the Chargers. Wide receivers I'm looking at playing this week is Juju Smith-Schuster um, with the Kansas City offense being as fluid as it looked yesterday. There's a lot of targets. There's a lot of opportunities to go around. I think Juju's going to take a good amount of those targets being reliable, so I'm looking at him. And I'm also looking at people like Devin DuVernay for the Baltimore Ravens. Him and Lamar have that connection. They have it. Two touchdowns in his first game of the season. Not saying he's going to score two touchdowns every week because that's just not going to happen. But he is a reliable connection to have, and I'm looking to play him going forward until he proves me wrong. Staying on the same boat with the Kansas City Chiefs, running back I'm looking to play is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had two touchdowns in his first game with the Chiefs. Um, like I said, with this offense and Tyreek Hill gone, there's a lot of open targets. There's a lot of open opportunities for players to step up, and I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire showed he's ready to take that step and be one of the most reliable options for Patrick Mahomes. Another person I'm looking at is Antonio Gibson. 
Looks like he is out of Ron Rivera's doghouse, at least in the time being, until Brian Robinson gets back. We'll see how that goes, probably week five, week six. But for right now, looking at playing Antonio Gibson, he's getting a lot of touches in his offense with Carson Wentz as like a check down option. So definitely look at Antonio Gibson and moving forward. Some quick waiver wire ads I'm looking at for this coming week. I'm um, looking at Khalil Herbert for the Chicago Bears. He outperformed David Montgomery and with less touches. So I think as the season goes on, he's going to have a bigger workload. Um, Jeff Wilson uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. Elijah Mitchell went down with a knee injury. Don't know what's going to be up with him. So in the meantime, we know Kyle Shanahan loves Jeff Wilson. So he can be a good stream going forward. I'm also looking at Jalen Warren. Uh, he's the backup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Najee went down with a foot injury. He left in a walking boot. Take that as you may, but if Najee does have to miss some time, Jalen Warren is going to be their bell cop. Wide receiver waiver targets I'm looking at. Uh, Jarvis Landry from the New Orleans Saints. He looks to be Jameis Winston's favorite option. Uh, Michael Thomas did ball out, but I still like Jarvis Landry over there in that offense. I think him and Jameis have really good rapport, and I like them to continue that for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm also looking at players like Jahan Dotson, the rookie from the Washington Commanders. He scored two touchdowns in his first debut, and yes, him being a rookie, he's going to have his peaks and his valleys, but he ran a route on 97% of uh, Carson Wentz passing plays, but he always only targeted at 12%. So take that, with, take that as you may. I still like Jahan Dotson long-term going forward. Uh, Joshua Palmer, he'll be the number two wide receiver behind Mike Williams while Keenan Allen rests up. I don't know how long he's going to be out. But in the meantime, Joshua Palmer is a good, reliable option that you can pick up in your fantasy leagues. Well, that's it for Fantasy Corner Week 1. Make sure y'all tune in this Monday night, Broncos versus Seahawks, Monday night football. It's going to be epic. Uh, you got a chance to win. You got Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Uh, Rashad Penny, those are some big names on this game. Take a look at them, see what you need. Wish all the best. Peace. Yes, sir. Thank you, Gerard. Appreciate you always in the Fantasy Corner. Good to see you back. Good to have you back over on this side. This time of year yes, is uh, great for, for them. So uh, shout out to the boy. And um, we're going to wrap up some stuff from the week. Because obviously not only NFL happened this week. We have pennant races going on over in baseball. One of the coolest things happening in baseball right now is that Albert Pujols decided that he wants to be the best hitter in the world <laughs> for the <laughs> last month or so. And yeah. Pujols hits two homers this weekend. He is at 697, officially passing Alex Rodriguez for fourth all-time in home runs. He is three homers away and every single time that we've said like oh he's seven eight away like there's only a month left he's not gonna do it which was fair i feel like yeah um, absolutely i feel like that was fair he's three away there's a month left is he gonna hit 70 700 the thing is he's not playing every day and he's still going off like this whenever he's in there like he's on a tear right now it's not like he's just hitting a couple here and there he's on a tear so the fact that he only got to hit three, man, I really hope it happens. Because it, like you said, he passed A-Rod. And it sucks that A-Rod wasn't able to get those last three. Like, that's always going to be there with him. Regardless of everything else that happened with A-Rod. He was right there. He was so close. Pujols is right there. And the fact that Pujols has done it the right way as well and has just been a class act. His whole career, 
including this one moment that actually happened with his 697 home run ball. A fan caught it, and he just told her to keep it because she had some things going on in her life, like her dad died, all that. And he was like, just keep it. It, it means more to you than me. Signed two balls for her, gave it to her, and it's like, that's so sick. Yeah. That's, right. And that's just pool holes for you. That's pool holes for you. So I, I really hope that he makes it happen because that's going to be so cool. Dude, the crazy part about pools this year, too, this man has 18 homers. He's like 42. He's 18 home runs. He only has it, 250 at-bats. It's not like he's playing that much. And it's funny because he, he gets put into the home run derby and we're all like, why is he here? Like, and to be fair, that kind of was like just to do it. But he actually and he only had, what, man. six at the time? Yeah, it wasn't much. It wasn't much. Yeah, he he's only taken had off six. He, he went on a tear in the Derby. Damn near, like, almost made a run and won it. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that was wild. And then right after that, he's just been balling. Yeah. So. 145 cool OPS plus on the season. But then it's cool that we got a 700 race right now. And then we also have another race for a home run record. For the American League home run record with Aaron Judge. And that alone right there is just something special that we're watching. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Judge has just, like, been different. Like, there's not really yeah. another way to say it. He has been... This ain't even Yankee bias. This is No, <laughs> this, this has been insane. And so this was yesterday. This was before the game yesterday. And I don't know if I told you the stat line or not. But before the game yesterday, in his last 49 games, Aaron Judge has been hitting 373. A 514 on base percentage, 852 slugging. It's not an OPS, that's slugging. <laughs> he has 24 homers, eight stolen bases, 5.2 F war, and 247 WRC plus in 49 games. Five war in 49 games. There have been guys who have won MVPs with a 5.2 war. It's ridiculous. And he did it in 50 games. And I mean, he's just been—he's been out of his mind. He has—he's gone five days without a home run, and we're like, "Oh my god, he's still on the sixty-three <laughs> home run pace." Don't worry, he's—he um, got walked like what was it? <laughs> he got Six intentionally times? walked five times in the in the yeah. second half of the twin series. It wasn't even the whole series. Yeah, ridiculous. So he's still on pace to break uh, Roger Maris's American League home run record at sixty-one. If he does break it. He'll be the first player to he'll be the first non-steroid user since Roger Maris to hit 60. Which is crazy. And I mean, there's really not enough good things to say about him. He's been the best player in baseball this year, besides like healthy Mike Trout, which I'm not gonna compare that. That's 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 rude. Yeah. That's that's comparing a wagon to a Mercedes. Like <laughs> that's rude. And I asked you this question a couple of days ago, but like if Judge goes ahead and breaks the home run record, mm -hmm. he manages to get triple crown. He's about like 10, .010 batting average lower than the leaders, Andrew Bogarts with 319. If he manages to get the triple crown and manages to get MVP, which is 
he should win it. It's just a matter of what are they going to do with Otani. With Otani, yeah. And that. So I say manage because you would think it's a surefire. Yeah. But if he manages to manages to do all that, triple crown, MVP, home run record, is that the like greatest single season from any player? No, because Barry Bonds exists. But, but like stat wise. Again, no, because Barry Bonds exists. Barry Bonds had a well, season. I'm, I'm sorry, not not stat wise, like awards wise. Okay, awards wise. Correction. So triple crown MVP, obviously Silver Slugger. Not gonna win a Golden Glove this year. No um, Golden Glove. But then the home run record. As yeah. Well. So the home run record MVP triple crown probably. I think the only way to be better was to, would be to win a Gold Glove too. <laughs> um, and then the the real way that we talked about this too is like if he does all that and then the Yankees do make a run and they get a World Series and they and he gets yeah. World Series MVP, which obviously that's like the biggest like what if situation ever. That's so yeah, funny. and that and that's why I left that part out. Yeah, <laughs> but like just... you know, obviously if all of those things happen, that's the best single season by a player probably ever in terms yeah. of just like accolades and like the things that you've done. There's been there'll be better statistical seasons, but like. Not many, <laughs> not, not many. Um, yeah. And it, it's kind of sad though, because I don't think he's going to win that triple crown. He is pretty far below and there's four guys ahead of him, which is tough with, uh, yeah. Nate Lowe, a rise Bogarts, maybe Jose Abreu. I don't remember if he is or not. Uh, but I know Bogarts yeah. is leading that right now. The real shame though, is that Paul Goldschmidt, who's been, he's going to win MVP. He's going to win MVP in the national league. So shout out to Paul. For like the, I think calling it a career revitalization is a little rude because he's been good his whole career, but mm. he is like brought back that MVP caliber play that he's shown in the past. Is not going to win a triple crown now because Freddie Freeman's literally hitting three hits a game right now. Freddie <laughs> Freeman's out of his mind, yeah. and it's like Freddie has had the most casual five war season I think I've ever seen. Like nobody's talking about Freddie Freeman despite him being the best left-handed hitter in baseball at the moment. Do like that. It, 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 it certainly do be like that. <laughs> it, it certainly do be like that. But, yeah, so judges, again, we're hoping, in just terms of baseball, that he breaks the record. It's really cool to see this race between him and Shohei, too, where it's just like judge is doing such amazing things that many people are like, he's the MVP over the guy who's like top five in ERA and top five in home runs. It, it sucks because it feels like judge has to do so much more Yeah, when Shohei's already doing more. But even if Shohei was like a little bit more mediocre in both things, I feel like they still give it to him because he's doing it in two different. Positions. He just happens to be kind of elite at both. It's just yeah, it was just crazy. So it's like Judge has to break a home run record. He has to yeah, yeah. potentially get triple crown in order for him to even have an opportunity to win MVP because you just got this dude going nuts, going nuts. on the other side of the country. Yeah, and I mean Shohei had like three home runs this week. <laughs> it's just wild. Then they get Mike Trout back. He had six straight games of a home run this week. Like, oh wow, he's healthy and he's doing great. Who would have thought? And I saw something. Him. They benched him, and I got him on my fantasy team, and I was upset because it's the playoffs, and I'm potentially going to lose now because we didn't play him. Yeah, that's, 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 that's for another. That, that's brutal. That's brutal. I won. Couldn't be me. I'll be safe. Um, <laughs> but 
crazy that with um with trout too i saw a tweet i don't know how real it is i didn't do the numbers i'm not gonna crunch him either so don't care if he was healthy all year he'd be on pace for 60 home runs as well and that's scary Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's 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 uncomfortable and I don't like it. <laughs> so you know, that's Trout Trout's wild. been Mike Trout, who would have thought? I mean we don't we don't see him enough, so we don't see him enough. They uh they did a really dirty graphic. Uh they played the Astros this weekend. And the Astros um what's it called? The stream or the you know their the game. They had a graphic that was like <laughs> to most playoff games played since 2018 or 2017, whatever year they decided to pick from. Justin Turner was at the top with 80. Then it was like Correa at 79. It was uh, Jock Peterson at 79. Then it was Altuve, Yuli Gurriel. There was like one other Astro on that list. A lot of Astros. At the bottom, it said <laughs> Trout and Otani, zero. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. We get it. We know. Oh, I promise. Wow. I promise. And then uh, before we get out of here, because um, I'm excited for the game tonight, and we got to get these episodes out. But we do have football next week, of course. What game are you excited for? <laughs> Just uh, off rip, you got to look at that Thursday game, bro. Chargers and the Chiefs. Both of them came out hot this week. Chiefs were a little bit hotter. Chargers kind of cooled down a little bit yeah. after uh, I think they made their last score with like seven minutes in the third. That was that was it for the rest of the game. But they looked really good. And that game I'm super excited for because those two can very easily come out of the AFC. So yeah. it's also probably. It's like those two and Josh Allen, but like those are like the two best quarterbacks in the league, and then Josh is like in that mix too. But yeah. for for narrative sake, for this game and excitement, they're the two best quarterbacks in the league. Um, yeah, so that's that's an exciting one. I'm excited for the other primetime game. They actually gave us good primetime games this week. But the Vikings Eagles, uh, the Eagles offense looked really really good this week. I think there's a lot of hype going in for the Eagles. And that was all warranted. They look pretty good against the Lions, despite giving up a lot of points. And I think that's why this game is going to be so good, because if they're going to give up 35 to the Lions, I don't want to see what's going to happen with this new Vikings offense. And this could be a really, really fun game. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm right excited for. With you. The, the like mid and early windows, there's not too many exciting matchups. Like There's going to be good games, but there's not matchups that you look at, like Falcons or Rams. I don't Jets, Browns, like, I don't care. Yeah, like, I don't know. Texans, Broncos, are you kidding me? Like, Cardinals, Raiders, cool. Bucks, Saints, nice. They gave us a good one with the Bengals, Cowboys, but now with Dak out, it's nowhere near as yeah, good. Yeah, it's not even going to be, so. Yeah. But all all the primetime, I'm, I'm pretty happy with. And it's funny because if the Packers play any way like they did this week, Packers-Bears is going to be a shootout. Yeah, that might be a good game. <laughs> it's going to be a shootout, and it's going to be 7-14, or 7-10 as a final score. It won't happen again. Not against the Bears. No, not at all. No. no. Packers I mean, imagine though. Run away with the I'm, game, dude, but... imagine the Bears win next week, and they're 2-0. Packers are 0-2. Two divisional losses. They lose to the Bears at home. Aaron might retire. He's taking his money and running. He might just retire. Make it happen. I've never rooted for the Bears more in my life. 
<laughs> the, the bears. The bears. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. We appreciate you guys. If you have any winners or losers of your of your own for this week, you let us know. Whether it's on the comments down below, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram in our comments, let us know who you guys think won, lost, all that good stuff for the NFL, and who you're excited for going forward because this is exciting with football being back. College football is going on, too. Shout out to Alabama for almost losing. Texas, you're almost back. Not fully, but almost back. And uh, I'm excited for the rest of this football season. So thank you guys again. Make sure you're following us at Spectators Media on all the platforms. And we'll see you next week for episode 155. Peace.